Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. Hi. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for being here. I am so excited for our peeps to get to know you. So I want it in your own words. Uh, give us a 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you do. <laughs> so professionally, uh, my name is Tracy Lamori. I'm the founder and managing director of Lamori Media. We incorporated a year ago. Five years before that, we were a general partner. Yeah, yay, I'm pretty excited. Yay. Five years before that, we were a general partnership, me and my husband. And before that, I was a freelancer doing this for about four years. And um, yeah, so, but before that, I learned to write a press release when I was 28. So I'm 51 now. I started my business at 41. Learned to write a press release, not for business, not thinking about going into for a living, not knowing really what a publicist was, but, you know, simply for messaging. I was good at writing. I was good at messaging. I was a young activist at the same time I was in, you know, sales and marketing, just entry-level sales jobs, right? Bottom of the barrel, you know, but not barrel, the bottom of the line, you know, the, like the low-run worker, right? Yeah. But meanwhile, I was, you know, pretty brilliant on the activist side, and my husband and I learned about the case. We weren't involved with anything like that, but we learned about the case. We were, I should back, we did, had a radio show for a while that was, you know, focusing on issues of you know, racism and corruption and abuses and that kind of stuff. And um, then we learned about the case of a man named Jimmy Dennis, who was saying he was factually innocent on death row in Pennsylvania. We weren't involved with stuff like that. Nobody was really helping. Some reason, something called us to like, we were like, how innocent can this guy be? And I think because we'd had the radio show before, we were in that information, more than just being activists, we were still in that information gathering mode. We wrote a letter, which why did we write that letter? Like, actually wrote a letter, penned a paper, mailed it to death row to a stranger. And he, right? Like, we look back and it's like, the, the only thing that I, I think is because of that, I was thinking a lot about this recently, because that, not because before I was like, yeah, activists, yeah, but what made us do that? But it was that, tell us about it, because we used to have that platform. We don't need more, but still, like, wait a minute, what? Wait. So he wrote back 28 pages on both sides of all the case and sent documentation. So that leads to the question of, so now what do we do? Cause you know, and it was very compelling even just with what he said. So now do we just say, oh cool. That was an interesting read. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Sharon. <laughs> Clearly no. somebody, you know, we had to do something, but we didn't, have, yeah. didn't have anything that we could do. We were 28 year old activists. We weren't certainly didn't have money. You know, we, you know, we, we would do, I just bought a house. We were okay. We weren't in poverty. We were both working full-time plus part-time to pay the mortgage to, you know what I mean? To like, so we were just scraping by as a young couple, no kids. So we were able to put our time into this. So we thought, oh, my husband learned how to make a website. It was the, the mid nineties. And I learned how to write a, or sorry, it was late 90, 98. And I learned how to write a press release. I literally went to the Alta Vista, Michelle, pre-Google, the Alta Vista for <laughs> yeah. immediate release. You know, I figured that out. And then I, went we didn't have in you know twitter to tweet at reporters we didn't have we did have the interweb though so you could go to all the websites and oh info at super slowly .com. <laughs> yeah you, super slowly with your tile up you could go and find out the contact information for the main news desk and send it and we did that for hours everywhere all over the world until we finally got you know some attention it was hard in the states to get attention for someone at that time who was convicted there was no making a murderer there were no shows like that in those days you know it was pre all that so inside america was very slow going and there weren't blogs there weren't however we got newspaper radio television in australia in in 
Turkey, in the Netherlands, in, you know, Der Spiegel in, in Germany. Eventually, they became a little team of maybe 20 people at different times. And it was a solid team of about like eight or nine people that stuck beside Jimmy for 19 years. Holy and, crap. You know, and yeah, he got out. Long story short, that's about as short as I can make that crazy story. I tried to make it shorter, but it's really hard. You have to know this to know who I am, because otherwise, I'm just this wildly successful publicist. It's a different story. So really, I wasn't. That wasn't the trajectory. I didn't have an education. I didn't go to school for this. I was, you know, a writer. Like I was good at messaging. I was passionate about what I was saying and doing. And we stuck there. We did that. He ended up being freed in 2017 because halfway through that time, a legal team from Washington does seven. This doesn't happen. It's like unicorns. A seven-person legal team that was looking across the country for a case they could do pro bono of factual innocence because they were a big law firm that does all this stuff and makes all this money. They're like, no, we want to do, this is our giving back. We want, and because, you know, of all the noise we were making, by the time they started asking around the legal community, all kinds of people said, look at Jimmy Dennis, look at Jimmy Dennis. Anyway, so they did the legal work. They freed him for 20 years. We were his support team as well as the other people that got involved. So, but still. Oh my God, was, that's an awesome story. And I'm still that's in fantastic. sales and marketing. That's all. We're on CNN, MSNBC, Core TV, getting all this because we figured out that we couldn't talk about one prisoner. But this is Syria. I learned how to be a publicist. We could talk about the greater issue. So we called it the Canadian Coalition Against Death Penalty. And then we were really aggressive in our messaging in terms of like, no, this is wrong. Like we weren't pussyfooting around and lighting candles outside of execution saying kumbaya. We were like, this is a grievous human rights abuse. And so they were putting us on CNN, MSNBC, Court TV, me and my husband, Dave. We don't have a law degree. We don't have, we don't have, we literally had no media other than a little radio show in Toronto. And yet it took me another 10 years. We just kept on doing our day jobs, kept on doing, we were already successful in what we were trying to do. It wasn't about work. It wasn't until Jimmy, well, Jimmy was close to being freed. You know, we were pretty much seeing the wheels turning by that time. And um, it, it literally hit me one day at 41. Here's how it becomes more universal and where you can take that story and get inspiration from it. Even if you're not involved with some crazy death row story. <laughs> which I wasn't either at the beginning, but, um, you know, and by the way, we speak every day to Jimmy. He's a recording artist now. And now I have the pleasure instead of saying, please help us save his life. Like I did for 20 years, I can say available on all streaming platforms. Jimmy Dennis just had a new song. So please go check him out. Well, I say it's a pleasure. Like I get chills every time I say that because he's getting actually industry attention and he's been in Rolling Stone and Sirius XM and everything. So that's a whole other story. Wow. That's awesome. But it hit me. So how, meanwhile, as he's getting before that happened, Unrelated to that, because meanwhile, I've been doing all my sales and not, you know, we'd settled down on the media stuff for quite a few years because once Jimmy had the legal team, the lawyers usually like things to be quiet in media while they're doing their court business. And you got to respect that when you've, you know, got the legal team, right? Yeah, they finally stepped in. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we will you know, you say. <laughs> so we were quiet. So it wasn't like there was a direct correlation to me doing media that day and training around. It was literally years later. I had a light bulb moment at 41. I'm 51 now. I started my company 10 years ago. Like I said, freelancer and then solopreneur or with my partner, general, you know, general partnership with my husband and then corporate. But I had a light bulb moment at 41 where I literally was like, wait a minute. Hold on. I don't have to make 20 calls an hour for something I don't care about anymore. Like literally all that. Wait, wait. Isn't that a publicist? Because I realized that not just all that work, but also when I would get involved with a political campaign or something local, a social thing, everyone would be doing their whatever. And I'd be like, all right, the press release. And they're like, the what now? The huh? So I realized nobody knows how to access media. And it suddenly hit me, huh, I can do that for businesses. I can do that for people with a message. I could. And that's when I started looking for people to hire me freelance. And then magically, one of my first clients was a woman named Aunt Professor Angela Sadler-Williamson, who's the cousin of Rosa Parks, who was writing a movie called my life with Rosie, and then further later, a book called A Bond Between Cousins. 
So she hired me as a freelancer. I'm blown away because Rosa Parks is an activist. Obvious, I mean, like it's not even like a real person. Just like, whoa, right? I still get chills thinking about her. She's three, one of the highlights of my career is still three years after that when I finally met her in person in Detroit after the film had been done. You know, Rosa, because Rosa's gone, but she, oh, yeah. Angela. And, um, but I, it was so amazing because there I am in Detroit with Angela Saturn Williamson at Detroit Film Festival to watch it on the first time on the big screen, sitting in a row of like two rows of Rosa's direct family members, like her, like, her, like watch me, like a white girl from Canada. I don't know how this is even ha- like, right? And then if that's not enough to blow my mind, right? The hero of mine, like, you know, uh, obviously yeah. on the screen at the end, she thanks me in the credits and I'm like, whoa. So then of course I'm like, wow. I, I, I'm like confident now, like people are paying me, like it's nothing, whoa. And so then since then, I mean, I'm just strategic and I'm smart. And, you know, I never went to school for any of this. In fact, I didn't go to any for business or for PR. I don't have any experience in any. Dude, you got enough energy to just blast off all of the. <laughs> you don't need an education. <laughs> and now I'm teaching. Now I'm teaching wow. students in a Florida marketing school about how to do PR for entrepreneurs. Plus, I've been speaking. I spoke once at Algonquin College, which is a big university in our capital city. Ottawa to a PR students and do a team of, and this was really neat, PR professionals in Pennsylvania, which I started by saying, interesting, because it's all started when I wrote a little press release in a state called Pennsylvania, <laughs> where a little guy on death row couldn't get anybody's attention. <laughs> that was awesome. Media people. <laughs> so yeah, that's how, but the, the, you know, the part that I want people to really get from that is that we all have something, whether it's something you're passionate about, whether it's a cause or whatever, or you know, a hobby, and you've got if you do something for 100 hours, you're a genius at it. You've got the skills, but you think you have to hate your nine to five. You, th- you, th- you think your job, your day job has to pay for the stuff that you love, but you don't really like it. There are a million jobs you could actually be doing, you know, around whatever it is you love. Or like, I think whatever the universe every day that I took the path of an entrepreneur, because I wasn't educated to get a salary half or a third or a tenth of what I'm get, you know, getting now. I was educated to be an entry level worker making 20,000 a year. And wow. if I was lucky, I'd maybe get 40,000. Maybe if I worked really hard and hustled. But instead, I'm an entrepreneur thinking that, oh my God, you know, there's no limit when you're an entrepreneur and things are getting better. And the more you're strategic and the more you're smart, and especially when the globe is your village. I mean, my clients are anybody in the English speaking world that wants to speak to media. Nice. I assume it's anybody that wants to speak to the English speaking media. So exactly. it could really be. Yeah, exactly. Anybody. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I have clients in the UAE. I have clients. All- yeah, exactly. That is awesome. From here, and, and it's funny because I've been, I do a lot of traveling in a regular year, but because of the nature of my work, but it's funny, um, I've been stuck on Hamilton Mountain near Toronto, right? Not stuck on, I love my home and everything, but for 14 months, for someone who loves travel, any place is stuck on, right? I'm, you know, <laughs> Tell it's me not the location, <laughs> it's just the lack of travel. But I've been uh, joking, and I've been still like taking over the world. I've literally flying from Dubai to like Hollywood. To, so I'm joking, but you know, Hamilton Mountain, not Hollywood Hills. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> That is awesome. Well, <laughs> congratulations on your success. That is fantastic. But we can all do that's the thing. I'm, if I can do a crazy red hair girl, you know what I mean? I didn't have any. This crazy redhead's got to stick together, girl. Right. I liked you as soon as you popped on. I was like, oh, yeah. And you get the red in the background, too. Like, <laughs> awesome. So, who do you love to serve and support now? Who would you say is your ideal client? You know, really, I, I don't even have an idea. Like, I have amazing projects across the board, like, no lie. Like, just in the last week, somebody hired me with, uh, for an amazing new artist. I'm not even say who it is right now because we're not developed. But a, a really cool new artist who's connected to some really big names in Canadian music. And I'm super excited to be on that project just because that's, 
I have seen a future, what we can do there. And then at the same time, I'm literally working with a UK organization that was working like this right now with Fazia Kufi, trying to get her out of Afghanistan as one of the women, first female MPs in Afghanistan. They were working with her before all this happened, you know, fighting for girls and women education, and then everything exploded in Afghanistan. And we were having daily conversations about how we're going to get her airlifted out of Afghanistan. And we just found out she's now in, in Doha. So she's safe now. So literally from the, to like, to like going to hemp fest, you know, to, these are all different. Absolutely. How can you, you know, can you my, find something a little more left field from that? <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like there's the people who watch my socials will be like, what now? Like I'm literally posting, oh, going to hemp fest. I'm a judge for hemp fest. Today I'm trying whatever strain, you know, cause we're legal coast to coast for those who don't know who aren't in Canada, right? Yes, for yes. this part of, and it's this big business, you know, like- It's like wine tasting but, here. Kind and of. it's right, exactly. So, but you know, I forget people don't realize that because it's changed so rapidly in three years. To, from that to literally, you know, women and children in Afghanistan, which is life and death right now. But the client, you know, help heal humanity doing work in Haiti on the ground. I literally one day I had a press release in Haiti about Haiti and a press release about Afghanistan. Two that, that was a day because they were both like literally life and death had to go out right now and I'm only the one doing it. Wow. So I'm like, well, I'm not <laughs> sleeping tonight. But they both got their meat. We got ham on every single media came out for the 81, like the two TV stations, everything. So at the end of the day, you're like, that was a good 18 hours. I feel good. I don't care. I'll do that again. You know, you never, you don't hate it. You're not like, oh my God, I'm exhausted from my job. You know, you're feeling. <laughs> no, so you no love it. Clearly, you love it. And it is awesome. Because I tell you, girl, I can write copy like none other about it. You get me a, in front of a press release, and I'm like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> but if you forced yourself for a while, because if, if you can write, you can write. You know, like I find that I, until we talk about writing for a minute, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I gotta write a press release. Oh, and I don't know why, because I'm good at them. But I'm always like, oh man, I gotta, oh man, and I'll like bug about it for like a day, you know, and then I'll sit down and be like. All right, seriously, just write for immediate release, write the date, write the thing. And then I just start gathering a couple of the quotes. And what I do is I just put the things on there that are going to be the components of it. And then I start playing around, taking things out. And then literally at the end, what I almost always end up doing is literally taking the paragraph that was here. You'll understand as a copywriter, putting it up there, removing that. Like literally I've changed it hundred percent. Now it's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you just got to get those words out on the paper first and then you can cut and paste your heart yeah out. right <laughs> and sometimes you're in your brain you're just like oh for some reason until you actually go like i got this that's awesome <laughs> so other than your first story which is an epic cinderella story thank you for that but give me a kind of a business um cinderella story somebody that that you work with that thinks oh my god my business is so boring the media is not going to care less about what i do I mean, you can use ours as an example if you don't want to use anybody else, but like somebody does tech or something that's yeah. like, eh. No, people literally, I've been surprised. They're like, this is why I say now when I speak to entrepreneurs or anybody, everybody, there is media for everybody. People literally, like one client who came on, they did it, they were really hard to like conceptualize because they did everything on the computer really, but everything from SEO to whatever. So when I started looking, before we had really narrowed down how we were going to frame them, I just started looking for the incoming media opportunities that we could respond to because there's incoming things on things like Harrow and SourceFlow and whatever. And once I started looking for SEO, which is like, you think that'd be really dry. Yeah, I saw more media. He was thrilled with my work by the end of the week. I saw more media opportunities for him and everything from like dentistry magazine to like BuzzFeed to, to talk about different apps or whatever, just from the incoming. And now it's just SEO. So I've learned literally. And then I, then I started using the example. I don't care if you do lawn care. I don't care if you clean toilets in a hotel. And, and you know what? Since I started using those, I've literally seen media requests for those you know things. Because no matter what it is you do, 
there is, you know, the experience of what you're doing, you have the expertise that nobody else has, plus the whatever's around it, things you don't even, you know, realize that you know that other people don't know, like, you know, and for example, real estate, here's a perfect example. We all know a real estate agent or 15, yep. right? <laughs> yep. And when you, and you know, when you go to their page, they're, no matter how awesome they are, pretty hard to differentiate. They're all looking like this, they're, they're all... I sell houses. We're the best. You know, they like pretty houses. In the back. Really hard to differentiate themselves. And they spend shitloads of money through my French for advertising or for, I'm French, I can say that, for advertising for whatever. Um, you know, like on a bus shelter, on a, like a lot of money, more than most entrepreneurs on a daily. And they don't know. And I, I literally, and I've never looked for clients, but real estate, I actually was like, okay, I got to get myself a client in real estate. It's literally making me crazy, like insane. How many media opportunities I see daily for real estate agents, daily, free media. And I've got, so finally I approached one and I got, you know, an Ottawa client. He's renewed with me twice now nice. and for a year. He's now luxury quoted, globally quoted. There's been articles about him in California. There's been, he's been quoted in this and that. But you see everything from like, you know, Reader's Digest with the deadline of four o'clock at Tuesday looking to speak to realtors who can talk about what color, you know, they should paint their kitchen for a quick sale or renovate, you know, renovation people. I, literally, I have a client in the States in the renovation space and in Toronto now in the renovation space. And literally, again, daily, tons of media opportunities for your client. If you're, if you're a contractor, if you're just a, a contractor guy and you wanted me to get you media, make a web page that says Bob the Contractor you know, and then I feel because sometimes I need to enter a website and that's it. You don't have to own a company. You don't, have, you have the knowledge. That is awesome. That easy. So what are some of the some stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? And they're thinking, oh my God, Tracy, I need you so badly. So one is not knowing how to get out there, you know, just number one, or you, and that's, you, but even if they, if they're thinking that already, I think that they, if they're already coming and thinking I need a publicist, they're already a couple steps ahead of most entrepreneurs because oh, yeah. most entrepreneurs are not thinking that way. They think about marketing, they think about advertising and the huge stumbling block, block for entrepreneurs who do want to get media or for really anybody who wants to get media is they, they write it in an advertorial way. And this is the skill of the press release. This is where you have to, it's more than just writing words and copy. You have to actually understand what, you're, what the newsroom is looking for. Because most entrepreneurs, 90% are, are gonna write advertorial copy as opposed to editorial. Or even when they're asked a question, they're gonna answer in an advertorial way, which is gonna get them you know, sent to the ad department <laughs> as opposed exactly. to being looked at as You can pay to have your words on our Exactly. You can pay, you know, that's way. what you want. Like, <laughs> exactly. If you, you don't do know the difference between here. those two words, you want to look them up. <laughs> and that's huge. Part of what my book, I, you know, I started writing a book. Uh, nice. my, one of my clients asked me to write a book called Get Wrapped, Build Your Brand with Effective Public and Media Relations, which is an Okay, Jesus, say that again slower. <laughs> Get Wrapped. <laughs> Yeah, build right. your brand with effective public and media relations. But I was asked by a client who's a publishing company to write it. And so I, it's aimed at entrepreneurs. So I started thinking, and that's why I started doing these podcasts too, because I realized that entrepreneurs really need to know this. Even the ones who want to approach the media, I say, what's the first step if you want to approach the media? Stop, don't approach the media. Wait, just listen. Because it, it, while there's a world of media in your local market, it's not that much of a space. And you can, you know, if you want to send out bad messaging that's going to make them roll their eyes and not open your next message you kill yourself there 
So you can break that veil, you can, you know, burn that bridge as easily or easier than you can build it. So understand what the kind of, what's appropriate to send to a newsroom. And if it's not hard news, don't send it to, you know, news at eight, at six, but you might be able to send to the lifestyle department or of the newspaper, but make sure you know how to frame it. So it's a story. Anyway, there's lots of skills and just a real quick tip on people to give you an idea of how to do that is I had one client who was, this is a good example of the editorial versus editorial. Even if it's a great thing you're doing, it's a charitable thing. So this company in Britain was giving out to every school in the UK something that they really needed, could use in COVID. A really good system they could all give to their kids and help their teachers. It was great. Usually it was like $1,000 a month, whatever it is, but they were giving this stuff free. So it was actually a worthy story, you know? Mm -hmm. But from the, I said the problem, and, after, and I wrote the press release myself, and I'm usually good at doing the editorial versus editorial. So I couldn't blame their media release. I wrote it myself, but then when it didn't get any pickup at all, I was like, and I was just, mm. so then I read it again, like, you know, okay, I'm an editor, reading it better. And then I realized, what is this basically? It's a company putting out a release about the good thing they're doing, which is what now? It's kind of an ad. Right. So really, I mean, if, I, if it's a slow news day and I want to look for something for school, sure, I might throw it in. Right. But it's not going to make me call up the company and do an interview. Uh, so then I was like, OK, how do we make this newsworthy? So I said, OK, what we have to do then is forget and told my client to forget about it's not an ad. So forget about framing it the way you want. This is the way we can get you in, though, to BBC, to whatever, to whatever, is we talk about the issue. We do a meeting. We get an expert who can talk about how kids are dealing with COVID or how teachers, more importantly, in this case, how the teachers and primary school teachers are dealing with COVID and some things that can help. And we talk about we get to quote this expert. We talk about something else that can help them that's unrelated to you, not competitive with you, a completely different kind of thing. We talk about that in the, you know, in the thing too. And then we highlight what your company is doing and we quote your company. So now they get a pretty much like an article, right? They can use it as an article or they get the idea for a great article about what, you know, companies or whoever are doing companies, people, the community is doing to help primary school teachers who need it because of this reason. So now that's an article, they can be doing an article about how primary school teachers are affected and as part of it. So the article is not going to be about you now, but I mean, if you, if you get a nice paragraph and, you know, the Guardian <laughs> quoting exactly. you, your gold. So that's how you get that in. You have, so that's a topical release. So that's how you make it, you know, about something that's going on and you insert yourself into that conversation. So on that point, does something have to always be around an event? No, no, for sure. It could be a, like a matter of conversation, depending what your expertise is. I always say, you know, if um, if you and your friends are sitting around watching TV and like say you're a psychologist, you're a relationship psychologist or something, I don't know, and you're watching about the break of some breakup of whoever and whoever that I don't care about on television. I couldn't even, I couldn't even think of a <laughs> couple. Quote name. Like, I you're so Canadian. A, you know, I was thinking of the, my and somebody and somebody else. My reference is going to be like 20 years ago. And I mean, I was going to be like Ben and Jen. No, that's old. Anyway, so whoever the current, you know, power couple is, and they break up or whatever. And, you know, and you were to say to your friend, oh, well, you know, clearly she, you know, whatever. You may not, you know, this is where you get those articles like, you know, Dr. Phil says, well, he hasn't examined, you know, well, he hasn't worked with superstar X, 
you know, he says that in cases like this, women frequently blah, 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 blah. So it could be, it's not about a topic or an event. It's just a thing. Anything that you see in the news that sparks you, where you have an expert opinion and you can prove that you come from an expert, you know, like you have a book or a website or a company or, you know, anything where you have something that you can hang your hat on and your voice is a little different. You have a different aspect, especially if it's an ongoing story that they're going to have like COVID or, you know, Black Lives Matter or something where they're going to have, it, there's definitely going to be ongoing stories you know and you have something authentic nothing jumping on especially when you talk about black Lives matter or something i'm not talking about jumping on and being false i'm saying but you have something authentic to add to that add it right the release say you know whoever says you know they may ignore it also when you put out press release it could be the best press release in the world hit all the points it doesn't mean it's going to get picked up because there's a million other variables like what the newsroom has got going on that day how many stories they did recently about that and you don't know if it's good to be another one or not good to be another one. Like there's a million variables. It's a newsroom decision. And that's why all you can do is present the best, you know, think of the best strategy. Make sure you know that you're presenting to them always something that's good for their audience. And then it's always, you know, hit and miss who's going to take it. And that's the skill, you know, like you're only as good as your last win. So that's the final, the adrenaline of all this too. You have to keep up. I had a, a journalist guy say to me, he's a podcaster too. But he's a you know like a, a journalist originally, and he said in a lot of times this crossover people come from journalism and going to PR, PR to journalism back and forth, and um, and he said to me I don't know how you do it because I used to be in PR and it is really hard because I see you love it you go bit and I was like yeah, what do you, mean? you know because I love it so much but he's like no it's true what he said he's like no there's a pressure like people pay you that money like they're like a lawyer they pay their money up front I guess like a lawyer does they pay you all that money. Now you got to go do the job and perform. And you, what if you're the lawyer and the key to lose the case or no media picks up that release? And the lawyer, I really feel sorry for because then you're just done. With me, at least I have another world of strategies, you know, with me. Like, <laughs> there are no emergencies work. in marketing, people. There are no emergencies in marketing. You know, like with that, with, <laughs> right? Nobody, and we can always find another strategy too, right? Like, I mean, if I if we didn't get in the local paper, you know, with that story, we can think of another story for them, or we can do this over here, and then they're gonna know whatever it is, it's always some other we can get some other something going, you know. Like, so talk to me about like writing controversial versus playing it safe or controversial uh, versus getting blacklisted. <laughs> like where's the fine line in there? Yeah, so for me, I mean, I, I'm really heart-centered and I always want activist me young activist me that started this to be continue to be proud of you know corporate me <laughs> so for me I don't run into situations where like well I guess I shouldn't say controversial because I mean the death penalty is hugely controversial to some people some people think Black Lives Matter is controversial <laughs> you know but I mean so yeah. I, what I choose you know it depends where you come from I guess you know what your angle is right but like um or some people misunderstand different aspects of things and they're and some things are caught you know they just you know what I mean so they, yeah because you're dealing with people's perception of things there's no one COVID. There's no one even Black Lives Matter. There's no one where, like, you're dealing with every audience you're talking to, you might have a different perception, whether it's because of lack of knowledge or because of extra knowledge or, you know, whatever, right? Whatever. whatever. But um, yeah, so basically, I always say be genuine, right? And, you know, and obviously, you have to have a caveat with that. Because so, I come from a place where I, I take on, I only work with people who, and this is why I don't like corporate. I don't like, I like things where it's an individual whether it's a small business owner, an you know, a, a artist or something where they're, you know, there's more accountability. There's mm -hmm. one person, is that person's message. I can trust that person. If they go off and change, you know, and go somewhere, I'm not going to go with them. Mm -hmm. Publicist or not, I mean, 
I'm not, I don't, I'm not putting, I'm not there to make, you know, racism pretty. I'm not there to, I'm not doing that. That's not me. I'm not, you only see me take on things that I'm ethically aligned with. And that's just part of my, you know, that's, that's me and my brand. My company has my name on it. I'm an activist. You know, I came in, I'm not an activist now. I'm still an advocate. I'm, like I say, I want that girl to be proud of this girl. Right. That's the best way I could put it. And sometimes when you speak your truth, it just comes out controversially. And, and that's the thing. So you have to be ready for the, that's the thing. You have to be ready for that. Right. And then that's where you pick. And I've actually, I put my book back to add a chapter about this because I learned during COVID from people who built their brand on really good or personal brand. And then all of a sudden they exploded into whatever and they hurt themselves. And so how do you, where's that line between? Yeah. Like you have to be, if, if you're willing to go out, whether it's yourself personally or your company in this world on an issue, Make sure that you really are willing to go out there on that issue. What I advise then is, you know, be very cautious with just sharing random memes because I, even me, understanding not everyone knows where that comes from, what that is. You know, I make a judgment based on what you share on the internet. And some of the people just share a meme quickly because it's a meme school without looking to see where it came from or who made it or, and then all of a sudden you click on the who, the thing. It's like, whoa, what are you doing with that? And they may not even realize they just align themselves with some crazy shit, you know? <laughs> and that, that other people will be like, whoa, I'm not dealing with that. They may not even realize that. So you have to be very cautious on the internet and the footsteps that you take and all that. That when you stand for something, and you should be like this in life, you should really mean it when you stand for something. Mm -hmm. And then if you really mean it, then you know what? Then you make the determination if you're willing to take any hits that come from it, business or personal. And as an activist, I've had to. You know, my history in Chatham, in an old conservative town, when I started speaking up, it wasn't, you know, like I said, 20 years, even working with this thing as controversial as a death penalty, I didn't really get my shots until I was trying to defend a couple of lesbians in Ontario in 2012. So you never know where the hits are going to come. But as activists, if you're going to be an activist or an advocate or act like one on TV or on the interwebs, you have to understand, while some people may applaud you for it, other people will not appreciate it. And so when you're making, you know, that's just a personal and a business decision you have to make. I, I don't, I don't shy away from anything like that in my business because I, I believe and this is true, you know, people, you, you know, be genuine and authentic because your crowd, your people will come to you unless, you know, and now obviously in COVID genuine and authentic to some people have been like really crazy and off the rails, unfortunately. So, you know, where do you draw that line to think, am I, you know, should I, but so really the best way to look at it is make sure that a if you're willing to go out there on any issue as a business person or as a per individual because it doesn't make a difference in the internet right that you know that you a believe what you're saying hopefully know what you're talking about that's important too like don't just believe it because someone you like shared it like if you're going to get out there you got to be ready to stand up for it and say that is what i believe you know what i mean unless you want to be apologizing for something and looking like an idiot and yeah. hoping that people take your apology which a lot of times is too late. So be cautious. So again, if you really, you know, be genuine, but step out there after you've evaluated it, do I, am I willing to stand up for this? Am I willing to take the shots for this? Am I willing to do that? Is this worth it to me? My brand, is it worth it? And sometimes it is. Sometimes things are more important than, you know, or is this something I should be like, you know what, I'm just, what is the advantage to me or like really anything I'm advocating for by me doing this? I love that. Strategic. Strategy. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I know there's a ton of things that people will stand up and say, this is my values. But at the end of the day, you got to go like, really, are you standing up for that? Are you willing to be like, how much for that? Or that? are you yeah. just trying to make a business statement out on social media? And if that's the case, exactly. So what be you know, very cautious. Be controversial you know, with when you know. your background. <laughs> yeah. And step in when you're ready. Like, if you're ready to step in, hey, you know, be, do it, but make sure you're ready 
to stand there. I don't step in unless I'm like, I barely made a comment during COVID because I legit, and usually it, it's weird because I'm silent like about it. And usually I'm like, blah, blah, blah. but you know why? Because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an abbot. I really have been so confused through all of this. I didn't know who to believe in one end or the other from anything. I mean, and I'm not, so I'm just, I, you know, I need to get on airplanes. I got my shots, <laughs> you know, my daughter is pregnant. She didn't get her shot. She will later. You know, everyone's got to make their own decision. I haven't been a, I'm not, I have friends that are, you know, at, like very angry anti-maskers and whatever. And I have other friends that think that's ridiculous, whatever. I'm just, I don't speak about that because I'm not confident that I know what I'm talking about. So therefore I don't say much. And that's- and Yeah, no you way. just did. <laughs> no, but I did, I said, I, I said, I don't know anything still. Right. Though. Like I, I still don't. Like I got, I, I've just been following what the best information that I sort of can have. Like I need to get on a plane that got my shots. That's really what made me make that decision. Anything else? I just want it to all be over. But, you know, everyone's so passionate about it on both sides. I literally haven't got in on it, not because I'm afraid to, but because I don't get in on things if I don't have a solid ground. I don't know really what I'm talking about. So I'm not just going to pretend like I do or pick a side or that sounds cool. I don't have time to study this for 15 days or hours. So <laughs> we, we got better things here. I love it. So in the realm of business and um, creating a business, changing the image, to uh, changing the image, but creating an image that um, media is interested in. Somebody comes to you and you set them up. How quickly could this impact their business if it's done right? I had one client who literally, and I said this on podcast before I was quoted because it's a great quote, but like literally after six weeks of working together, we'd had four articles, a couple of media interviews and put up for an award that she hadn't yet won, but she ended up winning. This is a Canadian client, IBNB actually. And she said, um, you've changed my business and my life. And she was a hard one. At first she didn't know what PR, like, eh. she knew what PR was from media, but she didn't really know how it was gonna work for her. And it was a startup, she didn't have much money. And you know, she invested, I could, I could tell. She was one I was gonna have to convince of the worth of it. But very quickly, I was, because she literally said that. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, you've made investors take us more seriously. So right there, she was in her pre-seed funding, going to seed funding. And I had never thought of that because I'm not a finance girl. I was only thinking of how it impacts you in terms of exciting your current client base, attracting new clients, you know, making, but it also makes, you know, builds your thought leadership for all that stuff. It doesn't, and how quickly can it happen? Literally, if people hire me, I don't take anybody for me, for example, I can only speak on myself. I didn't go to PR school. Um, but you know, now 10 years in, like it was different years ago, right? But now 10 years in, I have all these relationships that I've developed, I have all that, you know, literally I don't take anybody's money unless I know right away, at least, you know, my first three steps I'm going to be able to get for them. And then the rest of the month, we're looking at all these different opportunities and building them, whatever. But right away, like literally I start working on somebody for like a day, I get their bio, all their stuff kind of right up the punch little thing. And then I just start sending it around, like within a day they have a bunch of yeses and they're doing media interviews and then obviously we have to build on that and start putting that into their bio and you know just putting them up for speaking engagements because they want to you know you can be in new york times and then you're not in the new york times the next day and it's over you've got to use that you know yes you hopefully it's going to have brought you some new client that one thing but then also 
you put that in your bio, you start applying for speaking and you know, high profile speaking engagements on the strength of the fact that you've been in the New York Times. And so it's the longer game, but it have it starts happening quickly. And my favorite story, I had one client, life coach, which there's a million of them, again, like real estate agents. She's awesome, but 26 years old, she had no way to show the world that are differentiate herself. So she started thinking, oh, I want to, she wanted to share her story of how she lived successfully. Her story is living successfully with bipolar. And she wanted to help other people to do that. So I gave her like a really good deal because she's 26 years old, like you know, young, right? And, and then she had a good story. I knew I could get some pretty good media for her with that. Literally the day after she hired me on these incoming, I see Good Housekeeping magazine, iconic magazine, every single drugstore counter in the world, looking for women between 26 and 40 willing to share their bipolar experience. I pitch her. The woman says, yeah, sure, I'll talk to her. I said, you have to talk to her. She literally wants to share this story to help. It's perfect for, you know, I was really strong on the pitch. They interviewed her. They loved her. That's where it mattered what she said. They loved her. They put her in the print issue of Good Housekeeping, which is literally on every magazine counter in the world. Everyone. So she's hired me, one individual, every single month since then. <laughs> she's been in like i mean you know she finds them i don't give her i still charge her my original rate you know so oh. long grandfathered in right and but i mean it's also an easy sell because all we have to anything she speaks on mental health we've got her in every a ton of things now because all we have to say as it was a cover story not her picture on the cover but like i'm not my mental illness and then you know open so it's like, hey, you, she's a cover story in the housekeeping she's gotten so much media off that's not even funny built her career on it got all kinds of clients on it so that that was from one email that is awesome because my next question is going to be somebody that's just a tradesperson they're going like how am i going to get interviewed on cnn and for what like for plumbing like how does that become national news and if i do get interviewed on it what the hell do i have to know <laughs> yeah so it may not be cnn that you get tomorrow but plumbing for i literally see things on like like for example, that one of the, some of those services that I was just telling, like literally right behind you on my computer right now, if I went over to look, need designers to comment on retro style, writing a guide to retro style, looking for interior designers to share a brief history, key characters, decor tips about recent revival of retro style. Any any interior designer can answer that. Oh yeah. All you need to do is answer that and add the little bio. More about Tracy. Tracy's a boom. If they like your answer. <laughs> Now you're in whatever that was. Next one, New York God, Life, New York Lifestyles magazine. Look at you doing a thing right now. She's single magazine. How to ask an influencer to promote your product. Any any entrepreneur who so literally there's a ton of opportunity. And plumbing, I literally I can't remember because I don't have a plumber, so I wasn't thinking about it. But, <laughs> but construction, literally, I have somebody who does roofing. I saw one yesterday. It was a whole, ten questions about roofing for some, and I don't remember. It was like Insider magazine or something. Wow. That so, is fantastic. And so that's how you get to see it. So once you get three or four quotes about that, as now, now I can say as quote, you know, now in her bio, all of a sudden is like, now I can put in my bio quote in New Yorker, Reader's Digest, no, New Yorker magazine, Rolling Stone magazine, NBC, CNN, or NBC, oh, half, whatever I have in my thing. <laughs> whatever acronyms are. I've been on way more, but I, <laughs> I don't even put the human rights stuff on there. I just put, that's the business stuff when I put those things, right? So and, how important uh, are those on a website? Well, to be able to say that, I mean, again, it's the social credibility that we talk about, right? In the old days, the old world, everyone knew Bob in the street. And they would, you had a reputation. Now you've got to build that reputation on a global level on the internet. Anybody, and you know, it's not just having, you know, the logo, because anybody can go and grab the logo and I've seen people lie and do it. I'm like, you've got to remove that immediately. Like, seriously, no, you're not even hiring me. Like, people put that, oh, we're just putting those as placeholders. But you want to reach out to media with that as a placeholder? 
No, remove that, have no media. I'll get you some media. When you get the media, you put that on, okay? But I mean, so people can go fake and put every, the thing is today, everyone can put any kind of recommendation on their body. They can make this look beautiful. They can hire someone to make a deck that makes you want to give them a million dollars. But the social proof is before I go and do any of that, before I even do business with anybody, I go and use a little thing called Google. And what I judge, because I know about media and all that, I probably judge harshly. Most people don't expect you to have media. But if I, if you're a real expert, if you're whatever, if I go and Google you and I only see stuff you put up, like your website and your socials, even if it looks awesome, all right, I'm I guess you don't have a publicist or you don't think about media. I don't know. Maybe that's all it is. But I mean, a lot of people don't. Because I mean, I, like, for example, I just started working with a woman in health, 30 year history. People come from all over the world to see her literally in, in you know, in Ontario. She had zero media. So when I started pitching her some health and wellness stuff, she's a really good one. I loved her answer. And they're like, well, does she have any other media? And I was like, you know, usually you don't lose it because they like to go with the answer. But this one, they wanted to see something else. And I said, you know what? Good answer. I got her in PR. But it's true. And so I said, no, actually, she doesn't. You will be her first major media. But the reason for that is because this is a healthcare provider. She spent the last 30 years literally building her reputation, serving patients. They come to her from around the world. She hired me, you know, two weeks ago when I met her on LinkedIn. And I told her she needed to be getting media. So now we're getting her media. That's not been her fault, but they're like, yeah, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, right, it, it does, right? Because it's yeah. like, she's a true expert. She hasn't been running around looking for stages. She's been helping people doing this. Right. Now That's talking, awesome. Right? So I know that our listeners are going to want to get more from you. So how do they start their journey with you? So I'm more than happy if anyone tells me that they, you know, I don't have a book to give away or anything yet, but if anybody tells me they urged me here, then I'm really, literally more than happy to give them a free 30 minutes where we can do a consult. So they can really get in their heads, you know, not just a sales thing. We'll talk about your business. I'll give you some ideas that, you know, you'll be able to use even if you get off the phone and never call me again, because that's, you see me, blah, 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 that's the way I talk. <laughs> but but um, I'll also frame it for you. So you'll see, you, you would know what you would actually, under, you know, what you could expect. And just so you know, because PR can be like, you know, calling a lawyer, it can be extremely expensive and hard for small businesses to deal with. And because I, you know, because they always want like a three month minimum and three, you know, and I am an entrepreneur too. And I know that, you know, even when something's awesome, I can't necessarily just, even when I have the money, just throw 15,000 at something that's unthought of. I don't, I haven't tested. So what I do, because I do so much speaking to this audience is I've created a couple of packages and I know what I can get, you know, for whatever. So I have two different packages, both under a thousand dollars a month. One is like a thousand a month. One is like five ninety nine a month. Both are cheaper if you're buying. This is the advertorial, but just to get you an, an idea that it really is, you know, accessible, right? Mm -hmm. Both are cheaper if you're buying a multi month package, even so for the three months. Those, but either way, so that, no, that's way lower than my corporate prices. That's literally a gift to entrepreneurs because I wanted, I want them to try PR. I want, I, I'm like nobody nobody's i'm sorry i spent that money i've never heard someone say i'm really sorry i spent that money instead yeah. they're like it's either it's they awesome. either hire me again or they they're like man i don't have a budget for you know you know today this week but I'm, next month i'm coming back and they come back and refer five people to me you know because it, uh, it doesn't matter what business you're in if you were going to think about buying an ad it's way better to pay the publicist and get three actual things. It's, you don't come to me and I don't tell you to pay this guy or that guy. It's earned media. PR is not advertising. So you're never going to hire me and then I'm going to come up to you and tell you you need to pay money to get into this. If I ever pitch something and they come back, I'm pretty harsh about it too. Like I pitched something from them. They were looking for guests and I pitched them and then they're like, oh yeah, but you know, we have a $29 appearance fee or something. And I was like, you know what? That's called advertising. 
Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a public, my clients are expert guests. They don't pay to be interviewed. You know, they're expert sources that are, they come on CNN, they go on Chicka TV. You know, they might come on your show, but they won't ask you for pay, but you're certainly not, they're not certainly going to pay you. So, yeah, so I don't ask you, you know, you don't, you literally come, I find the opportunities for you to be respected and quoted as an expert source in things like Reader's Digest, things of that level. And then also we do media messaging to your local people to you. And of course, we don't know what they're going to, when we're doing something yet, we don't know what they're going to pick up, but you know, I wouldn't have the track record I do and the reputation I do if we weren't, you know, successful in messaging and getting things out there. Nice. So I know peeps that you can go to lamarimedia.com and get more information from Tracy. Or find and, you on LinkedIn or... Uh, I will have those in the show notes or you can go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and look up Tracy or PR and tips or uh, this girl's a pistol and you'll find Tracy in there. Red hair. You know, <laughs> red hair. Absolutely. We'll have all those <laughs> in there for you. That is awesome. So I do have to ask you before we let you go, and I'm sorry that we're getting to that point, but we do, we'll definitely have you on again. But let me ask you this. At what point did you in your life, did you know that you were that special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? I, it's funny because I never even framed it like an entrepreneur. Like it was literally like I just started, hey, I could, I'm not a publisher, I could start doing this. And then there was freelance sites. So it made it easy to slip into that as a freelancer, right? Because it's not a big mindset change that from there. It's like, oh, cool, I can just, you know. And then, um, but starting my own business, it took support of a friend, two different times, took support of a friend who was like more business minded than me who saw my success as a freelancer, who said to me for my birthday gift, because she was like, you got to incorporate you, not incorporate, sorry, you got to register your business, right? This is before incorporation as a general partnership, but I did. And she was like, you got it? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about that language. It didn't mean anything to me. So she finally said, for your birthday, I'm going to spend, I'm going to buy for $129. That's what I'm buying. You're going to go down to that uh, office and register. That's a good friend. It was so good, right? So, <laughs> and she, so that started, and now, I'm, oh, okay, I got a company called Amori PR. It was, it was the more PR marketing, I call it first, because I wasn't confident enough that I would always have the PR job. I thought, oh, maybe I'll get some marketing, you know, entry level. And no, I never needed to do that. So when we finally, a different friend, Jane, a year ago, when we were five years in, we would had to renew that. My friend Jane, who'd been bugging me forever, who's a business expert, who's a Jane uh, McCormick Consulting. She's like a client of mine, but she's also like my hero because she did everything that you need to do from the back end. She's like, no, 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 you're looking, you're pitching way above your. This is ridiculous. You do so. She made me incorporate, and that I was scared of because that sounded scary. It's a whole different deal, you know. <laughs> my, but my husband's got more of a brain for finance, so he does the numbers, he does that, and I just deal with clients and words. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations on that. I'm totally with her on that. <laughs> Get incorporated, people. Yeah, so I'm so glad now. So, it's so I'm, now I'm like, man, I was an idiot. I should have done this 10 years ago. You know, I'm, <laughs> but I'm proud of myself. One year we did super well. I get our little baby corporation. Nice. Continue to and keep your receipts. Yes. Oh, man. I, that I was really, you, yeah, you know who you're talking to. I was bad about that two years ago. And then the end of the year was a nightmare. And now it's all like we've got the sage and we've got the, oh, it's all someone else deals with it. My husband, he doesn't like that. Part, like, Don't touch me with that. Awesome. Will I make you call media? <laughs> there's a creative side of the business and there's a business side of the business. Yeah, we all have Clearly, our roles. <laughs> That is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I know Thank how you. valuable it is and I appreciate it immensely. So any last words for a peeps? 
No, and last phrase I always end with on just um, Jimmy Dennis always said, never, never give up. And we can see where that brought him, even in a hopeless situation. And then I saw a little meme last year that said, we didn't get this far to only get this far. And even when he's, you know, depressed and feeling down, I say that to him because now he's calling me from a sal, not a sal. And we're worried about, you know, the gray in our hair or feeling the cough or whatever, instead of trying to move mountains to do the impossible, right? So we didn't get this far to only get this far. And that works whether you're doing well or whether you really had, a, like, you're wanting to jump off a mountain feeling horrible, if you've gotten through a lot, you know, because we all have, but you're still standing, so you're a winner, you're still here. You didn't fall down, you still made it, so you didn't get this far to only get this far, so keep on going, especially that person who needs that encouragement. Love that. Don't jump off the mountain unless you got a parachute and you got somebody else with you that knows what they're doing. Got it. <laughs> and, and, a, and a camera and they're showing you on the news and you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we got our PR person and <laughs> we can do this, people. We can do this. That is awesome. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Michelle. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain register for that go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital that's d-i-g-i-t-a-l i look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are so see you on the flip side